Well, good evening, good morning, good afternoon, good morrow, whatever the hell good it is for you. I am your host, Captain Goodwill. We are here for Star Trekking. That's a lot of good already. It is. It's a lot it is. of good. Too many goods. None of it, but none of it good. This is Star <laughs> Trekking with Nerdy Up North. I am your host, Captain Goodwill. I am joined, as ever, by my lovely velour clad co-host science officer Sinoid and we have a very special guest making her second uh, trip to the USS Adequate um, <laughs> as we as we moderately sail through the stars at a reasonable pace it's General Kirkby hi General Kirkby hi hi <laughs> how are you I am very good how are you my darling you good I'm warm because I've got a brand new uniform and it is multi-layered look at, look at this guys look at this oh, I've got everything I've got a turtleneck which uh, <laughs> is not a euphemism um <laughs> how are you science officer Sinoise? I'm good I'm good I I actually I had a relax which is a strange thing for me I had a relax at the weekend it was my birthday on Sunday uh, and my mates took me to the Lake District. Uh, so we were camping, we were climbing mountains, uh, and it was amazing. But I, I, I just want to say though, like it's kind of what the best advice I could ever give someone mm. is that when you're with people, you know, when you try and hang out with people because you want to be friends with them, but then it doesn't really work, and you kind of you, there's no connection kind of there, or where you're with people that don't treat you like you deserve. This is recorded thing. on air. Yeah, yeah, no, no, but but that whole thing of basically like, it's that whole thing of like when you have because I've got like some people in my life where I was just kind of going, oh, it's such a chore to hang out with them, it's such a chore to do this, or it's you know there's never any leeway and stuff like that, and you don't really feel considered, mm. and then you kind of hang out with mates who are genuinely there for you, who are just like you know they'll give as much as you give, and then you just go, oh yeah, this is how it's meant to be, isn't it? You know. And I think that's exactly what happened with the weekend. It was like I was with people who were like absolutely great, uh, and Major had an amazing birthday. They even brought out a cake, and I uh, blew out the candles and stuff, and they sang Happy Birthday. And I was like, I didn't know I needed this, but it was really good. <laughs> oh, good! You look refreshed, darling. You look absolutely <laughs> spiffing. I don't. You can count my age. Oh, the for lines God's my sake! Forehead. Just oh, take the forehead. Oh, Hang on. Papa. <laughs> Neck. I'm getting readings. Yeah, You're a dilf. So. <laughs> hey! Oh, hang on, hang on. I'm getting some further updates. No, that's about ITV. Okay, moving swiftly up. No, that's a different thing. Yes, yes, yes. Moving swiftly up. But uh, yes, hello everybody in the chat. We can all see you. My God, look at this active, active chat that we've got here. We have got the young slicey boy from Discord. We've got Weeping slicey Rose, boy. which is the Queen Donna. We have got Beth. We've got Christopher. We've got Lee. We've got the almighty Paul from that nerdy up north. I don't know what nerdy up north is, to be honest with you. Yeah? No, no. Sounds like an amateur thing. <laughs> Um, I think it's a sub-channel of Star Trek, and if I'm honest with you, but I don't <laughs> He's going to kill us. He's going to... Well, I'm seeing him on Sunday, so yeah, RIP me. But uh, no, hello everyone in the chat. I hope you are all well. Thank you so, so much for spending your lovely Friday nights with us. Always a pleasure. Mwah! But, guys, we are here to review a rather good episode, I would say, that the Dabble Wheel has spat out for us. Um... The Dabble Wheel has been good to us. Like, mm. I got really worried, okay, when I actually sat down to watch this because 
I've got this thing where when I watch stuff on Netflix and stuff, like a series, I'll often skip episodes when I'm like, oh, actually, it's one of these. Like, like I full disclosure, Voyager, mm. when it's a Tom Paris episode, I'll be like, am I in the mood for this right now? Uh, you know, like the one where they find the car. <laughs> you know where they find the floating car in the oh, space? Oh, yes. They go like, oh, we'll fix it up. And I'm just like, skip. Those uh, cities were um, wonderful. What cities? We never saw them on yeah, the screen. But, but this was one of the episodes where when I went on Netflix for it, it literally had it where it had like sort of, it had like a big chunk watched, but then like remaining. And I was like, oh, I must have skipped this or something. Oh, is this a bad episode? Like, oh, I don't me- yes. remember it being bad. What what it turned out is that as soon as I pressed play, it went to the iconic line from it where he's like, shut up. <laughs> shut your mouth and stop talking. And I was like, oh, yes, I remember this because I played this episode to sample that line to use in a drag performance because I did as Candy Snatch I did a full drag performance about Star Trek where Candy gets beamed up to the Enterprise Mm. and it's just her having stupid conversations with Picard and Riker and obviously has that line in it but yeah I was just like no Tom Paris plate for you no Tom Paris plate for you no 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 No. Uh, I will say hello to Lan who has joined us in the chat hi Lan who is also from the Discord the Discord's getting a right good following guys so if you are not a member of our Nerdy Up North Discord uh, be sure to check our descriptions later on because I will add it because I don't think I've got the link for it but I will find it but anyway guys we are not here oh it's Mark Anthony who's joined in as well greeting folks from Fleet Admiral Sherwood it is Mark this is the dude that I keep talking about that uh, (laughs) we met in the realms of the Twitterverse and he was like you're about five miles away from me and that is so goddamn weird so creepy the world is small is he, is he is he there with like the scanner and it just keeps beeping? He's like, there isn't a goddamn walls. And yes, then, he's... and then you sort of burst in, tear his head off, and you know. Yeah, the, mostly Trekkies just sit in the town centres and go. <laughs> Trekkie, two point five miles that way, and just go. <laughs> that's that's how we normally communicate with people. But no, hi Mark, welcome See, that's to. That's how I use Grinder. So yeah. Okay, I'll I'll have to. Uh, okay. <laughs> Just put that back in my pouch. Um, yes, guys, we are uh, here to review the Star Trek: The Next Generation season four, episode eight, Future Imperfect. Wow, what an episode! First and foremost, um, great episode for the double wheel of episodes to chew out to us. Um, very excited for this because the synopsis was after an accident. Um, on an away mission, Riker awakes to find himself 16 years in the future with no memory of what happened. Ooh. Ooh, very good. So it, it opens up, Captain's Log, Stardate 442.86.5. And again, with the Trek facts, Season 4, 44 is the Stardate, because that's how they roll, guys. The Enterprise is conducting a survey near the Romulan neutral zone, and Riker is playing his big trombone. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I would trombone. really want to praise that. No, nope, I, I said it. I am committed to the bit. He was <laughs> playing his big trombone, and he was getting it all wrong in front of everyone. <laughs> See, I, 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 one thing I'll do is I'm a bit, 
I I kind of think it's a bit cringe when it has random Riker trombone moments in in the earlier seasons. But then as it goes on, you kind of just go, he's managed to fit in the fact he plays a trombone again. Of well course. done, you know. And it's like it gets this point of being like a meme in the show of being like, how can we possibly put a trombone into this episode? I mean, the contractual conditions of Jonathan Frakes being on the Next Generation <laughs> was trombone pawn, so it it, yeah. it sort of fits in with the je ne sais quoi of uh, William Riker, shall we say? But no, Riker is celebrating his birthday in Ten Ford. He's been given a rather big trombone to play with. Um, back on the bridge, uh, Picard and Data. Uh, also, in the in the first scene, he's having the party. They bring the cake out. Bizarrely, the first line she says, "Troy is dubbed." Like I was watching it, and it's literally it's like one of those like you know the Swedish adverts they put over here, where she's just randomly dubbed, and you're like. What did she mess up the line or something, or did it? Was there a noise in the background, or you know that thing of just being? I wonder what the story yeah. there is. Like one of those just... dubbed foreign movies. It's like, happy birthday. Wait, <laughs> see, it's it's fine. Like it's totally fine. Like what she says, but it's the fact of the sound is different to everyone yeah. else around it, so you can kind of tell that it was put from a different take or something. But just that weird thing of going. I wonder what happened, and that just set me off. Like, I was just really curious about that. Ooh. It reminded me of Garth Marenghi. You know, the, the <laughs> yes, TV show where yes. like, that cat just told me to leave. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, I'm a woman. I hope that's not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so back on the bridge, Picard and Data, you know, don't want to be late for the commander's birthday, Data. And Data being <laughs> Data, he's like, I'll never understand the human's predilection to celebrate one's birth. And it's just like, we get free shit. That's the whole reason we celebrate. We get cake and free trombones. Yeah. I have yet to receive either. Okay, so my next birthday, I want a trombone and I want cake. All right. Okay. And I want someone trombone to be poorly dubbed. It's a euphemism. Just no, it's not. It's up. not a euphemism. Okay, right, cool. No. No. <laughs> Although, um, no, no, like, though, that this is technically one of the most successful birthday parties we see in Star Trek. Like when you consider Worf's one, where everything keeps messing up all the time, and you're just going like, "Why?" You know, this is the most successful party we. No have. one dies! Hooray! Yeah. That's why they celebrate birthdays because no one dies. Um, but yeah, so they don't want to be late for the party. However, uh, an officer detects some unusual anomalies. Um, Looks like they are being probed. Oh my. Innuendo, oh my. next generation innuendo bingo. In you can, uh, your sit and, you can sit and, Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, they're being probed by the third planet of the Alpha Onias system. They believe it could be a secret Romulan base because they are so close to the Romulan neutral zone. And those sussy little backers are always up to something a little bit slimy. So they interrupt Riker. And they say, listen, pet, put down your trombone. We need you to go to have a look at this planet. Because we think we've got some saucy Romulans. Saucy Romulans. Some saucy, some saucy Rommies. <laughs> saucy Rommies. Goddamn Rommies. Um, so Picard orders uh, Riker and the rest of the UA team to go down to the planet uh, to find out what's going on. There is a build-up of volcanic... Um, what did they say? Volcanic activity because there was methane and and carbon monoxide. Yeah. And it, it, there was going to be a build up. I quite like the idea of it, where basically it's like I think it's Geordie's basically like, um, oh, it it is kind of toxic, but we're fine for a bit. Like you know, it's like oh, you know, if we stay here for a while, it'll be bad. Yeah, but we've got like, about oh, five yeah, minutes before right, our yeah. lungs collapse. We're absolutely <laughs> yeah. fine. It's all good. 
It's Starfleet. Yeah, we've got we've got health insurance. Mm, we're okay. No one ever dies in Starfleet. But yeah, so it, it starts to get it starts to get worse. So the Enterprise tries to beam them out. They have a few difficulties. They're able to beam out Geordi and Worf. However, Riker just full on collapses on the floor. Yeah, it, go, it goes all freaky. I love though with this bit, where for some reason the music gets really dramatic really quickly when it's like showing a woman operating a transport. <laughs> and I wasn't sure if it was because like because O'Brien's not doing it. <laughs> it just felt like a horror movie going, oh no, someone else is operating the transporter. <laughs> and the music just goes really dramatic. And Where I was like, you? it's a woman. And you just and you wonder if it's like oh my the, God. The, Where was yeah, Miles? Oh my God! We're Where? all gonna die. Where was Miles? Where yeah, was, was Miles? Miles? He was this is before this is before the great evil arrives, isn't it? Yes it is. Yeah, this is before yeah. the coming of the, the beast. The coming of Keiko. Yeah, the summoning, the summoning of the Keiko, the greatest oh, don't, don't Star Trek villain. When she attend, when she attempts human form, mm-hmm. and, uh... <laughs> she could have been a methane gas. <laughs> so, so yeah, so Riker passes out. Next thing, he wakes up in sick bay. Beverly's got a lovely bouffant going on. Yeah. We love the bouffant of Beverly for sure. Oh, it's episode. not the wolf man. Oh no. No, it is. I'm gonna say bouffant. Bouffant, bouffant, bouffant. Um <laughs> yeah, so he wakes up, uh he has absolute no memory, looks in the mirror and Riker has become Dilf Riker. He's got a lovely <laughs> full on he's full on got the grey streaks going on. Um and uh the intro happens and then we get a little bit of context that Riker doesn't remember anything, and 16 years has passed, and he has I mean, no memory. They make it really dramatic, but basically, he's just got a hangover in his th- in his 30s. It's like all of the <laughs> si- all the signs are there. You know, he's lost 16 years of his life. His hair is grey. He just feels like shit. I also love this scene where it's got um, where uh, Crusher goes to the the replicator, and she's like water. Three degrees Celsius, and you're like, that is the most pedantic thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Do you not like your water at three degrees Celsius? What it's is your so preferred specific. temperature? I just like four, four degrees Celsius. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is smart water. Ugh. Um, but yeah, but yeah, so he wakes up 16 years into the future with no recollection of what's been happening in those 16 years. All he remembers is being on. Uh, this planet passing out and then just waking up. Crusher says that he's got uh, the Altarian virus uh, and he's been in a coma for 10 days. Now, guys, I'll tell you what, I'm going to put it towards General Kirkby. If you have been in a coma for 10 days, why? Oh, why are you still wearing your Starfleet uniform? Yeah, there's, this isn't a sort of immaculate, sort of in place, still, you know, non creased, nice, nicely groomed, no, no hair sticking up, no, yeah, no crease, no, just no, no dirty face or anything, no, no, just no gown, immac- no, no, no gown, no. no sort of, yeah, just immaculate, no, it must yeah. hum. I'm gonna, I'm gonna answer this <laughs> by pointing out that sponge baths exist and Nurse Ogawa is very, very smiley during this scene so i think we can tell exactly what's happened there someone's trombone got cleaned commander Riker. what a tragedy (laughs) you minx nurse agawa 
Agara, what are you doing? I'm trimming his beard. <laughs> also, I love that throughout this whole episode, they made everyone look older. So they've made Beverly look older. She's got greys in her hair. They've got like um, Picard. Oof. When we see him, he's like older. You know, uh, everyone's different except Nurse Agawa because she's an immortal goddess. Because she, there's nothing different about her at all. <laughs> the, <laughs> the curse of Keiko. That's all I'm going to say on that <laughs> I, I just love the idea of just spreading the room that Nurse Agawa is like an immortal. She's literally like, what's her Guinan's race called again? She is um, uh, an Elorian. Elorian, yeah, there's only like two of them in all of Trek, isn't there? Three, maybe. Well, but, there, there yeah, was more like because obviously... She's just randomly an Elorian. Yeah, because there was um, there was the, the Doctor from Generations. Yes. Who yes. was played by Mal- Malcolm McDowell. Who literally did that role just for a paycheck. Because his son was a huge fan. And then he was yeah. like, I'm just doing this for a paycheck. But his son was like, you're on Star Trek. He was like, eh. So, oh, I love Mark McDowell. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he, oh, yes. he only did that for... He was completely checked out of the film. Um, and he admitted that he was only doing it for uh, a paycheck. Because his son... His son's quite famous as well. I don't know if anyone in the chat can... Um, Andy McDowell. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah moving on McDowell McDowell yeah so moving on uh, <laughs> so yeah so do you very longer sorry continue Goodwill so yeah so he has a famous son pretend I didn't yeah. do what I always do <laughs> so Riker is captain of the Enterprise and he's been captain of the Enterprise for nine years he has no memory of it and Beverly says that this could be because of the virus and it may come back or you may have permanent brain damage. No biggie. You may be good. No you may be, be broken. Yeah. You'll be fine. Just a bit, just a bit of encephalitis. You are yeah. right, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Crusher. You didn't even get a, a lollipop, which I think is, you know... <laughs> you know, imagine it. It's just like, here's your, here's your brave boy sticker. <laughs> sticker. That, that is... She is... Honestly, during this time, oh, her, her her bedside manner and skills have been... Oh, God. Do you know what, group? You've absolutely melted me after that comment. I'm absolutely <laughs> dead. Um, her skills of being a medical doctor are absolutely thrown out of the window because she is just... You are right. She's shit. She is a better tactical officer than she ever was as a I, doctor. I think it's that weird thing. It's literally... I keep saying it, but it's the fact of when we see all the doctors across Star Trek... I think she might be the least impressive out of all of them. Oh, like, God. We've had amazing minds like Flocks. We've had, you know, the Doctor. We've had, like, Bashir and whatnot. I mean, they've all kind of had an advantage in a way. Like, she's probably... But even Pulaski, even Pulaski and Bones are, like, better. And they're human, essentially. So it's, Essentially. Yeah. Essentially. Essen- I don't know. Maybe, I think Pulaski's <laughs> probably, like, an android. She's probably, like, the Terminator under that. She's just data to data. Basically, the, the missing episode between season two and three is when, basically, she just goes, like, rogue, and then they have to take her out and stuff, but then her skin starts coming off, and it's, like, a metal exoskeleton underneath, and then they have to, like... I think they have to put her into, a like, a, a crushing machine or something. No, no, they lower her into lava. They lower her into lava, and they're just her fingers being like that. <laughs> just sinking down into the lava. 
or she became Keiko O'Brien. Okay, so <laughs> they the next scene, uh, they're walking through the hallway. Um, they want to go to Riker's quarters to try and trigger his memory. He goes, no, no, I want to go to the bridge. And the computer really does not understand. The computer in the lift mm. does not understand where someone wants to go. So you're just like... Uh, that's a bit suspicious, isn't it? It's a bit sus. That's a bit sus, that. But anyway, gets to the bridge. Is it, there's a Klingon as well. Like, it's the fact of... And oh, I yes, there is Klingon. a female Klingon. There's a, yes. there's a female Klingon uh, officer uh, with the most swagger I have ever seen in an extra. And this is an extra who knows that she's in for one shot and she's going to make it fucking count because it's just literally like... I mean, it that is, is that is like, is... I have spent four hours in a makeup chair to get this face on. I have spent another two hours being poured into this fucking onesie from season one. <laughs> I am going to flaunt every single aspect of it. Oh, yeah, just like... It's just like... Yeah. <laughs> just like, okay, right? Because no. Jam don't shit like that when she's walking past the hallway. <laughs> hallway. She is with honour. That's all I'm going to say yeah. for that. But yeah, so we get to the bridge and, well, Sinois and General Kirkby, we see a Ferengi at the helm. And I'm yeah. going to put it to you. This, boys and girls, treks and trekkers, is Ensign Gary. <laughs> Are we saying, are we, is, it, is this Gary? This is Gary. This is Ensign, Gary? Ensign Gary, Gary. The greatest Ferengi, Ferengi, Ferengi. <laughs> 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 I've broken him, Kirkby. Says I'm fucked. <laughs> yes, Ensign Gary the Ferengi. Um, may he Gary. rest. It, well, we never see him again. We never ever see him again. And I'm we convinced. Don't know that, yes, we do, but... for, for those playing the home game or are new to our podcast, I'm convinced that in the 24th, 25th century, other cultures have appropriated names from subsequent cultures into their own. So we get Gary. The Ferengi. There's probably some <laughs> dude walking around San Diego called Quark. <laughs> and he's just a pasty. There will be. He's just a pasty oh, messed of up course. Enemy child. Yeah. So we've got we've got Gary the Ferengi. You're out there, Gary. <laughs> Gary the Ferengi. I will um, remember is this, you. Is this the first time that we see? I was wondering, and I couldn't be bothered to actually look it up. So I'll Shocker. talk to you guys. You might know. Is this the first time we see the Ferengi in their sort of headdress? You know where they have the the thing at the back? Because I know we see it a lot in DS9. We see it in later Trek. But in the earlier seasons of Trek, like obviously they don't have it because they're the weird monkey things at the I beginning. Don't but, like... I think we do in the Stargazer. Right. you got okay. Dim and Bok. Yes. Because I, I was looking at it being like, is this the first time? Like, is that what's meant to represent the future or something? But... Uh, no, but it's great, though. It's, it's nice knowing that even though this happens, I love the idea of that's a reality. 16 years in the future, after Rom, we have all of these friends oh, yeah. that think that they can go into Starfleet. We've got uh, Go no, Faster Stripes. Sorry, We've yeah. got Go Faster Stripes on every single wall of the Enterprise, but our Ferengi have now got mud flaps. So a, that is... A dabble uh, wheel in every, in every ship. Also, shout out to Worf, who does nothing but gangster lean on the hell, just like... <laughs> I, I wondered about this. Like, has Worf been demoted? Because it's like I, because he's he's he not says higher nothing. than Data, isn't he? He's but he's Lieutenant Commander as well, isn't he? Data outranks Worf. Yeah. 
In no, in normal, in the normal time. He's Lieutenant no, Wolf. He's, yeah. he's Lieutenant, Lieutenant Worf, Worf okay. and then Data is Lieutenant Commander, which is the next rank up. Worf gets promoted yeah. in generations to Lieutenant Commander. But so that's the thing, so it's the idea of Worf here, in order to be at the front, it means he's, he's not Lieutenant chief Commander. of security anymore, mm -hmm. but does it mean that he can be Lieutenant Commander? He will be Lieutenant Commander mm -hmm. in this one, yeah. Yeah, and then obviously in this one he'd be Lieutenant Commander and Data will be Commander because he's the number one. He's got yes. the three solid gold pips. Three <laughs> golden pips. <laughs> so it's, uh, oh, what's Lee saying in the chat? Uh, oh, my days. Steve the Vulcan. Steve Vulcan. I'm sorry. Yes. There is a Steve. There's got to be someone I, in Star Trek Online that's I just got I Steve. Think it, I think it's spelt Steve, but it's actually Stevie. Or something, Steve. or... Oh, Steve. Steve the Vulcan, and they like spell that, and you're like, Steve. You know, no, no, no. Steve. Traditional Vulcan name. Steve. Steve. Just, it's Steve. it's a tribute to Star Trek Five. It's a tribute yeah. to Star Trek Five, but they call themselves Steve. <laughs> because it's STV. Get it? STV. Anyway, so they get to um, the bridge. And they find out the data is now number one. Riker's still trying to acclimatise. Romulan Warbird starts to decloak. Riker goes absolutely apeshit, goes red alert, and Data's going, dude, WTF, chill, TF out, all right? We're expecting him. And he's like, go! <laughs> really? Yeah, Ensign Gary's going, dude. <laughs> all right, just, all right, all right, all right, Gary. Yes. Calm your tits. Calm, okay, calm your down, Amory's down. Calm down. Yeah. yeah. So it uncloaks, and we find Admiral, or Dadmiral, Picard... <laughs> Uh, comes on to the viewer because Picard's got the old goatee going on. I, see, I got freaked out by this. Like, I, I've just written in my notes in massive letters, bearded Picard, exclamation point. But uh, I, I did get distracted, though, because obviously he's got the little goatee, and I thought I thought he looked like the shop owner from Gremlins. And, it was just like, <laughs> and I was looking at him just being like... <laughs> Just him coming on with Mogwai, but the Mogwai's got like Troy's face. Uh, that's a nightmare, right there. Wow, just calling Deanna what? Troy a gremlin. Okay. He's got he's got more hair around the back. He's got than he does he's got a mullet. <laughs> he's got a mullet. He is he's party at mullet. the back. Bald <laughs> mullet. He's just bald and then mullet. If it's if it's Picard, it's would like... it be a pullet? No, 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 don't no. So yeah, um, don't pull it. No, yeah, yeah. That's... So the beam over, they go to transporter room six, the beam over, uh, we see beaded Picard. Uh, back to the observation lounge, again a bit of context, where they find out that Riker had saved a Romulan ship when he was captain of the Enterprise. The Romulans were impressed, they started talking. Riker became the spokesman in securing an alliance with the Romulans, and they were on their way to sign a peace treaty with the Romulans. Everyone's everyone's friends we are one big happy fleet tra la 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 rainbows and unicorns or are we Riker states he's not fit for command which to be honest if you've got a 16 year gap in your noggin you'd be like I'll pet yeah, hold on a minute this is the weirdest thing that Picard's like no 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 you're totally fine for duty and you're like no, <laughs> no. <laughs> it's, like, it's this weird thing and and admittedly, obviously, we're going to get to it, but this was the first bit in the episode that made me go, hmm, hmm, this seems not like Picard at all, unless he has become an evil admiral, you know, getting the goatee, becoming slightly evil. Very, you know. 
a very sort of um you know mirror universe kind of goatee going on with extra hair kind of exactly. very very that, kind that of is evil the most, looking yeah how do we make him look mirror universe goatee <laughs> you know, without hair. actually ever ever doing a mirror universe episode yeah <laughs> that, that's what they should have done with kira they for her mirror universe they could have just given her a goatee and then be like mirror that would be a that that should be like a lower decks troll where they do the mirror universe but every character the only difference is they have a goatee that's it like everyone just has it you know somewhere someone's writing that down for a lower decks episode now it's gonna happen isn't it it's gonna turn it on lower decks you absolutely know for a fact ali you're betting that strange new world's cameo boimler's just gonna go oh we're we're fine spock doesn't have a goatee i'm telling you oh my god I saw that picture the other day. I was like, oh my God, it looks so good. I can't, <laughs> I can't wait for that. Um, with, with this, like, is this also the first time we see Deanna in a uniform? The second time. She's, is it the second time? Because right? the first time was Encounter at Farpoint where she wore the scant. Yes. The, the miniskirts and the boots. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so that was the first time. And then we didn't see anything for th- up to this episode for so three years. And then she was wearing yeah. a full uniform. Again, a bouffant. After the Pegasus. Yeah. Is that with the Pegasus where he's like, oh, wear a uniform rather than the onesie? No, oh, that's Jellicoe. That's way later on. That's Is it? Uh, that's that's Jellicoe, that. Um, again, Jellicoe, brilliant officer. Glad to see him back in Prodigy as well. <laughs> not he a is, nutcase whatsoever. He's not a nutcase. <laughs> he's, he's just a, a dick. But he's, he's yeah. a dick with a point. He is a shaw. That's what he is. We grow to I'm going to disagree about this one. I think, you know, the whole Jellicoe thing where it's like, oh, I don't agree with that treaty, so let's just ignore it. And you're like, Ooh, okay. When we get to that, when we get to that two parter, that's going to be an interesting <laughs> uh, discussion. But no, I mean, this, this scene, Kirkby, was this your first indication that something was not quite kosher? It felt very wrong, yes. For me, the first indication was the lift. I was like, oh, that's not right. Oh. Um, but the, because, you know, Geordie's in charge. Geordie doesn't really mess it up. Everybody else messes it up and Geordie mops it up. He's like the parent, isn't he, really? Mm-hmm. Um, but this just felt wrong. Um, Picard just felt wrong. Admiral Picard just felt wrong. They, they, it just felt very, I mean, obviously, I knew it was Marie Universe, but it felt very Marie Universe. It just felt very dodgy. Very dodgy. Yeah. And obviously, it, Diana Troy being not with, Riker in any way because obviously they're very close it felt really wrong something didn't feel right it felt very off yeah because he even asked that and he and she says well there was an opportunity at Starfleet Command with uh, Jean-Luc Picard I had to take it bye you're married to a to a lovely woman oh by the way she died uh two years ago (laughs) yeah Sorry. Spoiler alert, we're not quite there yet, but yeah, it's very bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I also love, okay, we're, we're getting to the scene next, aren't we, where he goes Let's back get into this scene, yeah, yeah, because it is a yes. big reveal. I, I, I love this where basically, like, it just has, you know, big reveal, he goes to his quarters, and there's a kid there. And the kid's like, oh, hi, Dad. And, and it's not like, oh, hi, Dad, you've been in a coma for 10 days. It's just, oh, hi, Dad, you know, because he hi. doesn't give a shit. He's been, yeah. he's been playing on his Switch. Trombone. He's been... he, oh, he's, he has been playing his trombone. I don't he, know is yet, but... he is that age. He is that age. Hi, Dad. <laughs> yeah, oh, my God. Yeah. That was a quick coma, Dad. <laughs> Ten days. Another quick. Another phrase I never thought I would say in my life. Um, Ten days. <laughs> 
But that, that's what they said, though. They said not like, enough you know, Lucas in the world. Days. He's forgotten his memory for 16 years. But I do love the idea, once again, that they're like, oh, Dr. Crusher thought it would be a good idea to surprise you with the fact you've got a kid. And you're like, yeah. Ta-da! Crusher, really? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just like, Dr. Pressure. Surprise, it's AIDS. No, Crusher. No, that, <laughs> that's not. No. That's uh, Sinoise's catchphrase of the week. <laughs> <laughs> So noisy, catchphrase of the. <laughs> I, I was saying, yeah, guys. Sorry, before the episode, I was, I tried to wind these guys up so we make it as unprofessional as possible, and I was suggesting that "surprise, it's AIDS" should be my new catchphrase, and they were like, "No, no, 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 no. no. and I've managed to work it in somehow." So uh, <laughs> that's the mark of a professional. Yeah, th- there are certain things that we we don't say, like Philip Schofield's PA. So we get into we we get into uh, Riker's quarters. We you know he finds out that he's got a son uh, called Jean Luc, which is like oh, dude, just call him John. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Don't call him Jean Luc. Oh wait, he has to go to school. Yeah, John John Luc. Hello, my name's John Luc. I'm a builder. Uh, yeah. I'm a plaster. Riker should not be surprised somewhere along the line he's got a son, should he? Really, let's face it, this is I Riker. Mean, the surprise is he has one son. Are you I saying? That's that's the thing. He's saying. Like, like, hang on, I was expecting uh, 40. Right. You know? Are you saying that he is being quite promiscuous? Obviously, <laughs> no, I'm not going to say that at all. How, how would I get that opinion at all? <laughs> I'm watching you, General. <laughs> but yeah, so... He says, well, what happened to the rest of them? Yeah. One? yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they're all clones. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, we we find out that his mother died in a shuttle accident two two years ago. Um, that Troy had left uh, for a job with Jean Luc at Starfleet Command. The, the senior Jean Luc, um, mullet Jean Luc. <laughs> mullet Jean Luc. Um, I tried to do a bit of digging for Riker song because the actor's called Chris Demetrol or Demetrol, however you want to pronounce it. And I thought, oh, that sounds like a drug. Well, he looked. He he looked very familiar, and I thought, well, has he been in stuff before? But he's he's mm. a bit actor, so he's not had many reoccurring roles. So he's sort of been in CSI, all those standard yeah. American shows that you would expect, like Dawson's Creek and stuff like that. So you're like, oh right, okay. So he's 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 been everywhere. So he's one of those mm. actors where you see him, you go, oh, what's he been in? And I, I hate, yeah. yeah, and I hate that because when you find out and it's like 70 million IMDb credits, you know, like I was a leaf on a tree in ER and it's like, oh God. <laughs> but it was, uh, so yeah, so Riker wants to know what his service record is and the computer's still going slow. Mm. Um, and he finally Geordie pulls... slacking. Geordie slacking. Uh, is in the process of reading it, speaking to his son, when they have to go back to the transporter room because they're about to meet the ambassador, who is Ambassador Tomo Locke. Ah! I love a bit of Tomo Locke, don't you? Do you know who he is? Am I going to spoil this? Just do it. Have you, have, I know, I know who it. he is. Yeah, yeah. He's Jakar from Babylon 5. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. the same actor. It's yeah. Andreas... Uh, Kazuklis, yes. Kazuki, um, yeah, yeah, Karolam. Car- uh, Andreas Karolam. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, it's Katsulas, I think. Katsulas or something Katsoulis. like that. Yeah, he's phenomenal. See, the thing is, I'm obviously my feelings about Babylon Five are harsh because I'm not I'm not a fan of it. Mm. And I think part of the problem is like I'm not keen on Jakar in it. I'm not keen on Jakar in it because basically what? he's meant he's meant to be this bloody warlord who's like everyone's like terrified of him. And then Andreas is like, yeah. 
<laughs> and he's got this kind of inherent campness about him and i'm just going hang on you know like the, oh, he's and everyone like treats him like he's like sort of a klingon warlord or something oh, and then a... it's just him being like oh hello <laughs> so i mean i love it though i love that we got tom Lock back yes, and the tom shoulder Lock. pads the bowl cut yeah. oh the shoulder pads the 90s it's... curtains this is yes. what picard season one and two was missing oh this yes. is the you know, it's they the, need they need to redo the whole of season one and two and just put all the Romulans in the massive shoulders, the 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 tinfoil jackets. It was so eighties yet nineties at the same time, and it was it was <laughs> it was beautiful. I, I liked I liked Tom Lock uh, from the previous episode uh, where he was at Nilvana Nilvana three, where he was like, "I'm going to take the Enterprise's hull and display it in the Romulans," and it's just like, "Oh, you yeah. are such a dick, but I like you." <laughs> and it, it yeah, He's so a great villain. I mean, with Babylon five, just a little side, it took me five attempts over the course of 15 years to watch Babylon 5. And it it was, for me, it was the visual effects because the visual effects were so 1994, it was unreal. You look at them now and you're like, oh my God, it's like reboot with a higher budget. We're, and I think that's the scary bit. thing though, that everyone, whenever they're trying to sell it to you, they point out how amazing the graphics are. And you're like, they're really not. You've got to have more They're than not. that. You know, please tell me there's more than that. I will I will give Babylon 5 props that, yes, they were one of the first shows to use fully CGI uh, special effects for space, which is, you know, that's fine. But they were not polished. I liked, ba- in the end, I liked Babylon 5. Not a lot, because there are, like, very glaring faults with it, but I liked it. But, yeah, five attempts. Uh, I, I, I'm. I really. I've got to be really harsh with Babylon Five because you know one of those things where it's just some a franchise that you don't enjoy, and the problem is all the stuff that I don't like about it is the stuff that people say is the best thing about it. Like mm. the the overarching story, I struggle with. Yeah. You know, we. It's the whole thing of like everyone's like, oh, it's got this big story and it was all planned out from the beginning and it's all one massive plan. And you're like then why do characters just keep changing massively between episodes? Why is it that, you know, an episode passes and suddenly this character and this character are best friends? Or why is she suddenly a lesbian for one episode and then she's not anymore? Oh, she's just vanished, has she? And you're like, hang on, what? And then everyone's like, oh, they planned it all from the beginning. You're like, because they <laughs> may have, that's the opposite. So they that may was have my planned Babylon it. 5 rant. I'm sorry, anyone who's a fan of Babylon 5. They Please may have... feel free to message me on social media and convince me. Uh, because I, I I've already tried. Like it. It's impossible. Like I've it. already tried. They, <laughs> I will Sorry. say, they may have planned it. However, they did not focus on the continuity. Yes. Which mm. is what they lacked. Which is why some characters were different. Some suddenly changed from one episode yeah. and then changed back. So it was very loosey goosey with the continuity. Yeah. Much like Doctor then, Who. Couldn't you say that Voyager was all planned from the beginning because they get home at the end and be like, oh, yeah, ah, that's oh, a clever arcing plot. But, like, but they were contracted for seven years. Hmm. And so was DS9. And to a lesser extent, so was Star Trek The Next Generation. There were seven year plans. Just the episodes weren't thought out a lot. So hmm. with Voyager, yes, they had an overarching plan, which was get home. So you can say they sort of had a plan. 
Um, oh God, where were we in this? Yes, I think, I think what we should do, sorry, Goodwill, no, sorry. we should have an episode. We should have an episode, like a special episode of Bow Babylon Five, where it's us watching it, determined to enjoy it, like where we just go, "Hey, let's fucking enjoy Babylon 5. I'd like to do that just because I really want to enjoy it, but I'm just too much of a bastard. <laughs> Does anywhere stream it? I've got the box set. I bought all of the box sets for it because I was like, I'm watching this shit. I'm going to enjoy this shit. And then I got like so far in, I was like, I'll watch something else for a bit. And then yeah. never went back. I've got the box set. I don't think anywhere streams it anymore. I don't well, above all else, was above yeah. all else, watch Battle Star Galactica. That's all I'm going to say. So yes. moving yes. on. We uh, saw Tom Lock beams on. He's Ambassador Tom Lock now. Riker is instantly distrusting. The music is very sus as well, letting the audience know that they don't trust. They have got the rocking 80s shoulder pads with 90s curtain uh, designs. The ball cut, which as a child in the northeast of England with no money, yes, I had. <laughs> I, I just cut. love the idea that this is effectively saying 16 years in the future romulan fashion hasn't changed Tom. at all <laughs> like, no, still you know like why change perfection the balls that they put on their heads got bigger or something or maybe like... why change perfection that's all i'm going to say it is so damn sexy so they get to the bridge uh riker is still uncomfortable wants to speak to picard and troy in the ready room so data decides to give tomalock a tour of uh sensors and tactical because you know that's what you do with romulans um, so they're in the ready room <laughs> and little fact the ship on Riker's desk in the ready room is the USS Melbourne NCC 62043 which is the prototype Nebula class which had four warp nacelles so that's my Trek fact of the day um, that's a lot of warp nacelles it is a lot of warp nacelles mm. two are big two are small bit of variety <laughs> it's how you use them love oh it is it's yeah. the bubble it creates so the they sit down and Picard says, look, a lot's changed in the 16 years because Tomalock wants to discuss uh, Outpost 23. And Riker's going, why are we giving him the location of one of our most crucial outposts, which is a key strategic location for this uh, for the Starfleet in the neutral zone? And he's like, oh, it doesn't matter. Forget about it. We changed it ages ago. It's just where <laughs> we keep our hard drives now. It's absolutely fine. <laughs> Nothing to worry about. The pawn is gone. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Absolutely fine. And Riker's just like, the pawn's not gone. I'm telling you, it's not. It's absolutely yeah. not. So it's a little bit, again... <laughs> I, I do love it, though, that like, Riker is just being the most sensible thing. Because I was just like, if people are like this, wouldn't you just be like, oh, yeah, Picard, you'll know. You should tell them. Yeah. And again, <laughs> it's the first sussy part we, uh, it's well it's one of the early sussy parts where it's it's parts. it's just yeah it it just all smells dodgy it all smells dodgy why is picard so complacent why is he not heeding what reich is saying why is he just brushing it off as ah, this is 16 years yeah and it's just like yeah but do you, you know what i mean so it was a little bit dodgy when i first watched it as a kid and it's just like yeah there's something absolutely up here because when you're a kid you're just like oh wow so we're now 16 years in the future blah 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 Fun fact about this whole show, like this whole episode, you never see the exterior of the Enterprise apart from the beginning and the end, which were both in the present. Yeah. Because they had no money to modify the model. <laughs> so, 
skinned. Didn't they, they just put some like sort of Lego stickers. transfers or stickers or something on it? They stickered all on Picard's hair. They stickered the ooh. <laughs> they stickered the walls and the chairs and the dolls with go faster stripes. That's what they did, which I kind of liked, to be honest with you. I, I did like well, it. What Lee's just said in the chat, I wonder if Riker woke up 60 and was like, 16 years? I hope someone deleted my browser history. <laughs> Riker, if you don't use incognito mode, then you deserve it. <laughs> and here's our sponsor. <laughs> NordVPN! Yeah, it's not so, um, <laughs> Next week, Manscaped. Uh, so, <laughs> as oh, they are... Riker needed after being in a coma for 10 days. Bloody hell. No, he didn't. He had Nurse Agar. So, oh, yeah. Well, speaking of sick bear... aging in Chandra's. Speaking of sick bear, a sick bear segue, Riker yeah. gets a call uh, to get down to sick bear ASAP because his son's being injured. His son has broken his wrist. I thought playing the trombone, but no, yeah. he was playing Parisi Squares. And Riker immediately. Do we ever find out what Parisi Squares is? I don't know. Because well... it gets mentioned a lot, but it, it's one of these ones like, you know, like the Fringy games where it just goes, oh, yeah, that's a game, but we won't go into how. I thought it was. Fuck it's like it. Polo. No, you're thinking of the tennis game in DS9. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Parisi squares oh we're just going straight Too to memory alpha. right i'm going to memory alpha this is what you do <laughs> i just got this vision of this kid like playing remember nightmare on the tv when we were kids that tv like just sort of walking along with like squares falling from underneath him something like that parisi squares was what a... if that is basically the holodeck though like nightmare <laughs> yeah. is basically the holodeck but with a helmet stuck so on. so parisi squares was a vigorous and rather violent athletic game played by people from many worlds and ages during the 24th century. Its popularity among the youth was a concern for parents. Players were called Parisi players. Well, yeah, of course they were. <laughs> yeah, the rules of the game thus follow. The game was played on a court and involved two teams of four players. Substitutions were possible, which allowed teams to rotate active and resting teammates. Some players, such as Commander William T. Riker, disliked the practice, feeling that doing so created disruptive loss of teams' rhythm. When playing Parisi squares, players wore padded uniforms and used pieces of equipment called iron mallets. Wow. The game, was, the game also involved a ramp, and if players were not careful, they could fall off and injure themselves. Oh, this is not a game for the youth. No. This Hang is on, not so they're, they're running up a ramp with mallets. <laughs> In <laughs> kind of game. Like, this sounds like they, the writers pulled ideas out of a hat. This... <laughs> it's just like, okay, it's mallets, uh, there's a ramp, uh, teams. Uh, Where can I play? Uh... Where can I play? Right. <laughs> This is this is just four v four on Rust on Call of Duty. This is all this we, is. This is what it sounds. This like. sounds like shoplifting in Middlesbrough. That's, this is what this sounds like. They've got a they've got a mallet. They're running up a ramp, kind of thing. They're just ram raiding Wilco. We don't use weapons. We just walk in. <laughs> so yeah, Ethan, not Ethan. Jean Luc has broken his wrist playing Parisi Squares. Riker goes absolutely apeshit at him. Crusher takes it to one side and goes away. This is what kids do. You need to calm it down. They're going to get into scrapes. They're going to get into bumps. And then what proceeds is a lovely father-son moment. Um, mm. We do get a you know a little bit of father-son bonding in sickbay. And then when they go into the turbo lift, uh, which I think the computer judges again in this scene, where he goes, I never really wanted kids. 
But now that I've got you, I kind of like you. I think you're all right. Yeah. You're a good son. Just don't go into that second drawer in my bedroom if that's all right with you. (laughs) (laughs) Stay away from my trombone. already mean. Yeah, yeah. So they go back to the quarters. Um, uh, Well, before they get to the quarters, they go on about how Riker wants to take him fishing, which I thought, oh, it's kind of nice. You know, never known he's had a son. And then within a day, he's just like, do you want to go fishing? I'm like, yeah, yeah, good on you, Riker. Daddy, Dilf Riker. That's what we're going to call him. See, the, um, the, the, the cool thing here is he suggests a fishing program. He's like, hey, uh, you know, have I have I ever shown you, like, um, the fishing program? And the son's like, oh, yeah, we've done that loads. I think this would have been a perfect opportunity for him to be like, I just made that up, you know, or something. Yeah. Like, and he doesn't. But, you know, the kid just immediately is just like, oh, yeah, yeah, of course we know that. But this is not... And it this seems is, a bit sus to me. Yeah, this is... Because we are getting close, but at this moment in time, he's still not fully aware that something's going on. He's got little yeah. hints, but he just thinks it could just be his memory. When they get to the quarters, though, he's trying to find family movies, can't find anything. Jean-Luc yeah. pulls up a family movie of himself surprising his dad, which I thought yeah. was, you know, I was like, ah. And then Riker wants to find his wife, can't find anything. Jean-Luc pulls up a birthday scene. Yeah, like a weirdly, oh, but if you search for this specific thing yeah. that totally hasn't been pre-prepared. Who's, who's filming it? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. it. It's this weird thing. It's just, oh, it's a happy family moment with Woo! a stranger in a video camera. It's a happy... Like, okay, it's nice to know nothing's changed in 16 years. It's a happy family moment with minuet. Yes. How amazing is this, though? Because yes. I looked at it and I was just like going... Where is she from? <laughs> I was like, yeah. like I know that actress. And you know that thing like you get in Trek and all of the 90s sci-fi where you just go, have you been in Trek before or have you just done the gamut where you've been in Babylon 5, you've been in like, you know, um, Stargate, you've been in like, you know, like we have with, yeah. um, everyone who appears in Voyager where they've been in all the shows. It's the American equivalent of being in Taggart for Scottish people. Like some people <laughs> have been murderers three times. It's yeah. it's just that like it's Jeffrey Combs has been everyone in Star Trek ever. It's one of those things. But Chris I... Chris raised a good. But I'm just gonna I have to give shout out to Chris because he raised that through Riker being a waifu <laughs> was the only way he discovered that it was all fake. So because yeah. Riker had essentially a photonic sex doll. That's yeah. how he knew that everything was fake. Sinoids. Can, can we just point out that I think the only person who actually gets it on with a, like a real woman in TNG is Data. Jean-Luc. <laughs> just like, Jean-Luc. Oh, yeah, John, but everyone. But that's because he's gilf territory. Well, he is now. He's a gilf now. He was, a, but, he was um, full on. Th- no, he was. No, because he's French, so he's filth. <laughs> felt, okay, right. Full on filth. Let's leave that xenophobia right there. <laughs> what? Filth. Just be like French filth. No, father figure. I don't, anyway, so. Um... <laughs> <laughs> but I love, though, that they got the actress who plays Minuet. Yes! Back for like for three a, seconds! A shot. Yeah. They literally just go, oh, yeah, cool. You haven't been in for a while, but basically, you know. Can you imagine? For one shot. Can you imagine <laughs> being her agent, right? You're in LA. Right, and you go, listen, listen, right, Paramount, I've just been on the phone. All right, yeah, okay. 
Star Trek want you back. Roddenberry, Rick Berman, they want you back in Star Trek. And she's like, oh my God, this this is like, what? Like, best of both worlds has just happened. The undiscovered, it's like, yep. this is like my big brick. Oh my God, what am I playing? You're playing um, Minuet for three seconds in an episode. What? Is it even three <laughs> seconds, I think, is the question. How much did she get paid for that three yeah. seconds? I think a tenner and a Twix. In 1990 or 1991, that was quite a lot. That's quite a lot. That's quite a lot now. It's it's kind of gone full circle. Well, with Cosy Lives, a Twix is. I think any kind of food now is pretty much Cosy Lives. Was it a Twix duo? I don't think they had them in the 90s, did they? Oh, I'm not. Twix duos. Chad, Chad, did they have Twix duos in the 90s? Yes, Chad, you are you are a chocolate. I don't know. Were Twixes even around in the? Did he just? Of course they were. Of course they were. There's an IOU for a Twix. When we invent these, you can have one. We time travel back and introduce Twixes. Definitely had Twixes in the in the 90s. Is it Twixes or Twix? Twix. Well, twee, twee with twees. an X. It's a tweaks. <laughs> it's a twee. Twixes. I just pluralized it for no reason. Twixes. Yeah, but I, I that's how Tuvix was born. Back, but... That's how Tuvix was born. They looked at the rapper and went, "Hang on a minute." <laughs> at the U. <gasps> anyway. <laughs> I've missed doing this live. I miss doing this live. 3 a.m. The review was still not over. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. So he d- <laughs> so he discovers Minuet and he twigs. And I love Jonathan Frakes' actor this scene because he's just like, oh, oh. and he just <laughs> turns, doesn't he? He turns and he's like, Father, what is up, Father? And he's just like, yeah. nothing. <laughs> he's like, yeah, he completely he changes. Again. He's just like, nothing. Yeah, and then he just turns on the kid and then he's asked to come to the bridge. And nonchalant Geordie, who we should mention doesn't have uh, a visor because he's got yeah, cloned eyes. Which um, is weird because every other future version of Star Trek has him with not cloned eyes, but with robotic eyes. Like yes. Yeah. This is the only instance where they just go, oh, he's got cloned eyes. But it's, <laughs> yeah, it's a bit weird. <laughs> So he says, oh, we've had to take off the... Uh, we've had to disable the warp engines because we've got an issue with the antimatter containment. And Riker's like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, well, you know, I just think it's safe. And he's like, you wouldn't disable the warp engines this close to the neutral zone. Well, I'll have a look. We're still running a thirty-one uh, level one diagnostic. After 30 hours, you'd have done it in four. You're not that incompetent. And I'm like, if this was real, you are being a right sassy bitch to your crew right now. <laughs> To be fair, though, he's been running a diagnostic for, like, a day, and you just go, like, that's Dude, kind of terrifying. Windows defrag of... isn't even that bad. Come on. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's just... Not even on Riker's porn collection, a defrag wouldn't take that long. That's, you know... <sighs> Unacceptable. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Tried to do a bit, and it failed. So, um... <clears throat> but... Uh... <laughs> So, yeah, so things start to go awry um, and things just start to unravel pretty quickly on this bridge scene. So he goes immediately to Worf, who has said nothing up until this point, and he goes, Worf, where did you get this scar? In combat. Where? What battle? What field? What planet? What happened? And Worf's just sat gangster-leaning, and he's just like, oh, like that. And I'm just like, <laughs> he's has, he, over, basically. has he got posture <laughs> problems? 
after 16 years. He's, 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 like he's got back trouble. He's just like that. He's just like, like the hunchback of Kronos or something like that. It's <laughs> so weird. But then the, the biggest tip-off is when Data, he goes, Data, how far to Outpost 23 at Warp 1? How far at Warp 7? Warp 8? Warp 9? And then Data uses a contraction and White Riker's like, oh, damn. Yeah, he I takes time to process it and he's like, oh, hang on, hang on. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. And, you know, the jig is up. As soon as he uses a contraction, it's like, that is not Data. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Riker's just like, let's end this charade. And then we find out that Tom no, no, a lot... No, 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 Ooh. no. You've missed out the key important bit. Oh, yes. The card comes on the bridge and starts saying stuff. And then, and then Riker's just like, shut, shut up. up. <laughs> what? <laughs> What did he say to me? I was like, shut up. It means stop. <laughs> stop, and stop talking. Shopping. It's the one of the best lines but in even, all of Even in a fake reality, he still goes to Deanna. Back off. Doesn't tell her to shut up. Shut your move. No. Nope. Back off, Deanna. Ooh. Back off, Deanna. It's just like, <laughs> wow. Like, the, the love is strong that even it's... fake Deanna gets respect over Picard. Yeah. It's an iconic line though, but just having someone tell Patrick Stewart to shut up is just like yeah. any actor that gets the, the chance to do that. That's like, you know. Not it even Rick like one... Berman. No, you're not even Rick Berman, no. no. That's why yeah. Rick Berman stayed in the office all the way through the 90s. <laughs> but no, I, I, I love the idea though, but it's like this whole scene of him recognizing that Ed, no one is actually acting themselves mm. and you know that there is you know him just unraveling the whole thing i think it's absolutely brilliant and then obviously when he goes oh let's end this charade then it all fades away and it's a hollow suite of top lock like you were saying <laughs> the only person that's real on the actual bridge is tom lock and then I mean, wah, wah, wah. well this is this is, i mean for for visual effects thing this was actually quite good because we got like a romulan holodeck yes. and, and and i liked i liked the detail in this that they put someone in an operation room behind Riker, like just working away and i thought oh, was, yeah. i like that I just... he's the poor bastard with the calculator where you know like, <laughs> where like how, how quickly can we get to this planet and warp eight and he's like oh jesus christ carry <laughs> carry, <laughs> carry the one what's the intermix ratio of a galaxy class starship i don't oh, know oh, fuck. Fuck. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> trying to use ex- like, 1993 Excel. <laughs> Co- computer, computer, bring up the records for such and such. And you got the poor content writer in marketing being like, "Oh fuck, um, yeah, went on a ship, had a lovely time, yeah, great." Enter. There we go. Oh, <laughs> God, those crazy Romulans. Um, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, when I when I first saw this, I was like, "Oh, so it's a Romulan." Do you know what I mean? Like, you, you get that, and you're like, "Oh, it's all a holodeck." Very, very Dallas, I think, for me when I was younger. And then it was like, "All oh, right, so it was a, it was all a holodeck, and it's all Tomalock's oh, dastardly deed." Um, As but, expected by Tomalock, I expected you to be dastardly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because then they go to the interrogation chamber, and they're like, the they're adjusting. <laughs> they're adjusting <laughs> the one grey streak of facial hair they can't imagine stuff like that and I'm like come on you could have just like put a prop on or something do you know what I mean instead of just like having fancy hollow combadges you bloody expensive Romulans but yeah it was we find out that it was all a fake and Tom Locke's like well how did you find out he's like because you put my sex doll in as my wife 
And he's like, but she was real, I'm telling you. And Riker's just like, yeah, I've got a thing for her, but she ain't real. And I love the fact that he just outwardly comes out with it. Yeah, it's this idea of how clever it is. And I I love this episode because it basically, it brings up, it's very relevant to today with like AI and whatnot, with the Mm -hmm. idea of like, you know, we have ChatGP, GBT, and we have like all of these things where we, where the AI can't tell the difference between some, you know, something that's real and something's not real kind of thing. Like for instance, when you get stuff with writing content, so we we were joking around with it where we were asking ChatGBT uh, to basically write content for us. But if there was lies on the internet, it would just put it in there because yeah. it didn't know that it wasn't real. So yes. if it was like a fake Wikipedia page, it would mix that content in with actual facts and stuff. And we were like, ah, okay. And then that's exactly what happens here. They've obviously written an algorithm that basically looks in his brain, scans his brain, gets all of the stuff, and then goes, oh, cool, let's make a narrative based upon that. But obviously it's based upon what what, he, what means a lot to him, such as a fake person, and then goes, oh, okay, yeah, that means a lot. That must be real. And it's a proper... Yeah, I it's don't know. very I Riker. It's relevant to today, I think. Yeah, yes. it's 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 very, it's very Riker that he only discovers because of a woman <laughs> that, <laughs> that, that he was intimate not a with, son or anything. Yeah, not, you know, not, no. not like subtle things, not like a a computer glitch or you know data's wrong or anything like that. No, it's a woman he banged in season one. Uh, and he's just like, yeah, you're fake. So that's how I found out. And he's just like so it, smug about it as well. What it should have been is it should have been that um, Crusher was a competent doctor. And then, you know, he just gets so far and he's like, hang on. That would have been a quick episode. <laughs> I'm so harsh on Crusher. You are. You are. You I, are don't actually to be fair, I don't actually mean it. It's just become a bit now. To be fair, I when I was a little girl, I obviously wanted to be a doctor because of Crusher. As I've got older... Like I'm, I sort of identify much more with some of the other characters than you ever would with with that. But we, when you look back and you rewatch them as you get older, you're like, wow, some of the incompetence here is spectacular. Yeah, it's just. But that was is, that though, was I, throughout I the ship, though. I really loved, I yes. really loved Crusher <laughs> as a kid, but it was I loved the fact that Crusher got a lab coat. No one else gets a lab yes. coat. I ah. love that bit of the uniform. It Do was you the know? idea. Like Pulaski's like, oh, I don't need this. And Crusher's just like, I don't know, the look is amazing, you know. Do you know why she got a lab coat? No, tell me. No. Because she was pregnant and they wanted something to cover it in lighting. Right. So obviously a lab coat, you can pull it and obviously yeah. it's baggy and everything like that. And they just kept it all the way through wow. so they, they just they just kept it like if you look at um bones in the original series he had a silky he uniform pregnant? yes he right. had a silky do you see how i just skirted past that joke <laughs> just, yeah yeah move on no wonder he's so grumpy all the time he's just like how has this happened he's just lactating so he had the <laughs> silky <laughs> hi kelly he just had the silky uh medical uniform which was which was different. So, medical personnel just have a slightly different uniform, like all the way through. Apart from the Doctor yeah. and Voyager, which, who was obviously a hologram, they yeah. just had different um, uniforms. Well, that and Bashir as well, but it was always different. But yeah, that's why um, Gates McFadden wore the lap coat was because she was originally pregnant and they liked it so much that they just kept it because obviously the uniforms cool. aren't that comfortable and it can hide a lot. 
So it's easy to justify. I mean, this is why, again, Picard in season six or seven went for the jacket uniform. Because yeah. obviously constantly doing the Picard manoeuvre was annoying, it was uncomfortable, so he just said, can you tailor the captain to have some sort of jacket like Shatner had with the green um, uniform? Where it's just yes. like an open deep V before deep Vs became a thing in the mid-2000s with indie people. Do you know what I mean? So it was, <laughs> yeah. it was, it was one of those, yeah, just one of those little... Uh, tiny little facts about that but but i, but I love it bit. though that it's like because obviously we see in episodes like when we get Ro Laren about how strict the dress code is where it's the idea of you can't even have an earring you can't mix it up that much you basically have the you know the normal uniform the formal uniform and the dress uniform and that's it basically uh but then you're like hang on she has a lab coat and he just and i like this idea of it being like she's afforded this because of her seniority or whatnot. Or yeah. if there are like accessories that you can have at certain ranks or whatever. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. I, just I think always, it's, yeah, I think I it's like rank it and privilege. Thing. Yeah, I think yeah. it's rank, rank and privilege. Because if you look at Balana Taurus in Voyager, she's got the engineering overcoat as well that has all the little yeah. spanners that go all the way through there. So I think it's rank privilege and probably occupation and what you do on the ship that necessitates yeah. an adaptive uniform. So obviously as a lab coat, it's sterile. It, it means you can carry tools at the drop of a hat. You can go, you can pull out a hypo spray or whatever yeah. uh, when, when the situation, <clears throat> sorry, when the situation arises. But getting back to the, the, the Romulan base, uh, Tomalock basically says that with uh, the landing party, they landed a kilometre away from the base and they decided to let the other two go, so let LaForge and Wharf go, but they kept him, and they mm. want Outpost 23. Obviously, he's not going to give it up. Throw him into the brig with his son, or Ethan, yeah. as he is now called, <laughs> uh, yes. who says that, oh, I was on Viridian 6 uh, with my parents, and we were taken, and I don't know where my parents are. And again, Riker... Viridian 6 was uninhabited. I didn't know the Enterprise-D would have picked up if there was an attack mm. on Viridian 6. So it immediately Riker's a little bit sus straight away. Yeah. Uh, Ethan says that he's escaped before, but he wants to do it. You know, he's, he, he wants to do it again. Tomalock comes barreling in, wanting I, to know. I love this. This is the most This is the most unreal bit of the whole episode. It is. Because literally, Tomalog puts him in the cell and goes, right, you wait here, and then goes off. And then it's like a minute, minute later. later. He comes yeah. back and he's like, right, hello, tell us the information. And you're like, hang on. You know, it's like, you haven't even had time to make a cup of tea. You know, it's just... Yeah. Like, they haven't had time to go to the loo or anything, and he just comes no. barging back in. And then Riker being Riker, he's just like, the slowest punch I have ever seen because that <laughs> the wind up for that punch is just like Tomlock's like blah 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 and Riker's just like oosh like that and it's like it's the, it's the animated He-Man punch you know when he punches the camera in He-Man <laughs> and, and it's like how could you not see that coming and like how weak of a Romulan are you where you literally get yeah it's the shoulder pads he <laughs> gets become difficult to navigate yeah there's, there's a lot of uh, wind to, to fight with <laughs> in turning. Not very aerodynamic Romulans, no. basically. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, large turning circle for a Romulan. <laughs> but they, uh, they it get makes chin. a beating noise like a van reversing. Warning, Romulan <laughs> reversing. Dodge a punch. Warning, Romulan <laughs> reversing. 
Um, <laughs> you just get punched in the face. Yeah, so they get they get chinned and they escape. And Ethan and Riker escape through a vent. And Riker, we get a nice close-up of Riker like locking the, the vent in with some sort of wrap or tie or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and the Romulans can't get through. And then the next scene, it's like the Romulans searching and they're like, they're scanning them, they're scanning them, and they go, oh, we can't find them. And even Riker right goes, <laughs> even Riker goes, why did they not find us? Oh, it's the rocks. Yeah. There's metal in the rocks. And he's like, we're right there. Like, they could probably <laughs> hear us breathing. They could see you. <laughs> yeah, they could see. You're in a red uniform. They yeah. can see you. Romulans aren't that <laughs> stupid. They are wide, but they are not stupid. <laughs> so, yeah, this, this scene, it's, it's, again, where it all starts to fall apart. Because Ethan has planned an escape. He's got blueprints. And he's like, we need to go here. And I've been tunneling this. And we can do this and do this. And then Riker... Riker notices that Ethan has called Tomlock ambassador. Yes. Yeah. And he goes, Tomlock's a captain. He was only ever an ambassador during the simulation. How did you know about that? Oh, well, you, uh, well, uh, you told me. He's like, <laughs> no, I didn't. And then Tomlock comes barreling through this place that they have just escaped. <laughs> the secret place. The secret oh, place. <laughs> and Riker just gives up because Riker's just like, yeah, here you go. Throws the phaser at Tomlock, which, you know, health and safety, as you do. And he's just like, I've had enough of this. Let's end this. And then we realise that all of it was just a ruse, was just a subdiffuge by Ethan. Sinoise? And isn't it great, though? Isn't it great that it's a double bluff, where it's literally like this whole, like, oh, it was the Romulans behind everything. You're like, no, no, it wasn't. It's not that it's a, someone pretending that the Romulans are doing a trick. Someone pretending to pretend so they can pretend yeah. while they pretend. <laughs> yeah, I loved it because this episode, like I said, I vaguely remembered this episode, not too heavily. And so I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, you know, I was watching it being like, oh, yeah, I remember this one. It's the Romulans. Yeah, they're behind yeah. it. And then when it has this twist at the end, I'm like, oh, it's not, is it? You know? Like, <laughs> and I, I like the fact that this episode that obviously I've seen loads because of the amount of times I've watched Next Gen still surprises me all these years later. It's great. Yes. That's the... I mean, I'm 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 gonna ask your opinion on this, Kirsty, in a minute. But that is the the beauty of Star Trek, where you could watch all the movies, all 880 plus episodes, back to back, non-stop, finish, go back to the beginning, and not have a fucking clue what was going on because of the sheer volume of episodes and movies that you have got to watch. And this is why, to this day, let's be honest. Star Trek has not stopped being syndicated since the 70s. It is on all day, every day, on some channel somewhere in the world. That is the beauty of Star Trek. You will watch something. You may be the biggest fan of Star Trek. You may be the biggest fan of a certain series. You could go back to that and go, oh, I totally forgot that happened. And this happened to me because um, I, I watched them all recently, like year, a couple of years ago, and I watched them all. And then I was like, oh, damn, this was actually a double bluff. And then I remembered when I was watching it as a kid and I was like, wait, what? Because I, I was a kid, I was like, so that wasn't real, but that wasn't real. So is this real? And then I started questioning my reality and I was having existential crisis <laughs> at eight years old. And it just sort of, yeah, it, it, for an episode of 
in 90, in the early 90s, it was quite sophisticated for its time to do that double bluff. But what did you... Uh, Kirstie, I know you probably watched it like me when it first came out on, on the BBC or Sky. Yes. What did you think of this, uh, like, this final twist? It was, uh, it was sh- like you said, I'd actually forgotten about this episode. I remembered it when I started watching it, but I didn't remember everything. This final twist for me again was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> because, again, I watched it when I was little. I remember it when I was little. I remember what you've just said about the existential crisis going, eh? But that <laughs> it's that little shock, obviously not from my husband, who can somehow remember everything. Um, he was just <laughs> like, yeah. And I was like, oh, man, look, look this is, this is, look, look at this, what's happened? Yeah. But, yes, it's it's quite shocking, isn't it? It's quite, because uh, quite, you ex. I think you just expect it to be Tom and Luke. You yeah. expect that Romulan dirty trickery, don't you? And yeah. the fact that it's not, you're like, oh, right, okay. What's happened here? Why? What's going off now? Why? I was, <laughs> yeah, I was excited up until yeah. this point because I was excited because the Romulans were very underused in the original yes. series, which we all know why, because it was budgetary. It was easier to just uh, put some motor oil on a human's face and call them a Klingon than put pointy ears <laughs> and do their eyebrows. So to get the Romulans fleshed out in the next generation, I was like, oh, a new conspiracy by the Romulans and it's Tomalock. Oh, and then we get this like shocking twist at the end where it's like it was a lonely child who was abandoned by his mother to make him safe and set up these these emitters to give him anything he wants. But the only thing he wanted was something real. And I thought that was... Tangible. It's tangible. Yeah, I wanted someone real and tangible. I didn't want you to leave. And it's it's very sad because this is... Out of all of it, this is a lonely young boy who lost his mother, who was alone, and that just wanted someone to be... That just wanted companionship and just wanted to, uh, to, to communicate with who was real and tangible. And I thought that was quite true. And then the final reveal where it's just that, where it's an alien, he's not the a yeah, human. Yeah, where, where basically he, you know, Viker asks to see his true form and then basically it's like, well, you can see him actually. You can see him on the little, um, the rotating pictures on the uh, yes. on the YouTube. I made an exception to get him it's, on. It's not the best costume in Trek. It's, it's a costume by people that knew he was going to be on set for about a minute, you know. But... Come on. I mean, Westmore, it's a Westmore. So there is a lot of effort. And the team did put a lot of effort in. The fingers... Yeah. <laughs> the fingers. Might not have been. No, I, 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 I do like it. I. But, yeah. yeah I, it's... I, I do like it, but it is this weird thing. And I have to say, though, and then obviously they basically, they beam, you know, it ends with them basically beaming off the planet. I love that he like, took Don't it worry, with him. Yeah. I'll take you back to society. Do we ever see him again? No. No. So, you know, so I'll take Does... him back to, they just throw him into space. They They're go like, to the random starbase in the sky, as with everything else. But this is, again, this episode, this is a prime example of why I love Lower Decks because it's these arbitrary episodes with these arbitrary yeah. characters that yes. you never see again. That Lower Decks go, we're going to revisit that. We're going to yes. do that. And like yeah. the, the, the last season, they did this whole arc about second contact, going back to planets that the Enterprise D had visited and then just left. And then seeing the repercussions of just <laughs> yes. leaving them. And you're like, yeah. this is actually a serious issue 
that yeah. needs to be explored more. These characters are serious issues, like like people that need to be explored more. And we did it with um, in Star Trek Prodigy. What was his name? Ah, oh, he was in one episode of The Next Generation. He was a DJ in Lower Decks. He was a DJ in Lower Decks on the Starbase. Oh, yes. yes. Oh. You know how I'm on about. Yeah, yeah, I know who you're on about. But then they name. revisit him in Prodigy, and it's like, yes, you've got... And, and Sinos, you, you raise this quite a lot, and I, I will forever stick by this opinion that we don't need new aliens. We need to explore yeah. the aliens and the people yes. we yeah. already got because... The selling point of Star Trek is, yes, exploration and boldly going, but it's also exploration and boldly going in yourself and in others and developing yourself as a person. There's so much. Like you say, with Lower Decks, it's wonderful that Lower Decks is going, hey, here's all of these like random little things that we never got a full conclusion to or we never got to see what happened to that character and stuff. Yeah. And then it just goes, oh, yeah, we can revisit this. And that's how rich the lore is. That's how rich the universe is. Yeah. And like, like for instance, like DS9, like there is an episode of Next Gen, which is basically, oh, here's the Cardassians. Oh, the Cardassians, they've been oppressing these people called the Bajorans, something blah, 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 blah. And then from that, you get all of DS9. Yeah. You could literally have a whole spin-off series about Baresh and his like culture that's been wiped out or whatever, and why he was an, a war orphan and stuff. You could literally just make a new show that's basically about you know that planet, and that's the joy of Trek. There, you know, and then obviously to see them just go, oh, we need a new race, we need to add new new stuff in. You're like, do you? I don't know if you do. <laughs> you know, like there's so much like the Breen. Please put the Breen back in. Yes, I they want are. to know more about the fucking they are. Breen. They know? are. They are coming back in Lower Decks. Are they? Well, yeah. Okay, no, but I mean, like the packlets. outside of Lodex, I mean, like oh yeah, know, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, like there, there is like a... in Legacy, they'd be like, oh yeah, here's what happened to the Breen. They've they've recovered after the embarrassment of the. Uh, I have, you know, I the have Dominion War. No doubt, because obviously, uh, the Writers Guild of America is on strike, and we wholeheartedly support the Writers Guild of America. They deserve what is fair. They have received really shitty treatment when it comes to credit and pay in the age of streaming so once everything is sorted and they have got what they fairly deserve and we go back to making new star trek when they do not if when they do star trek legacy i have no doubt in my mind that in the 25th century we will explore or continue to explore the elements of deep space nine the recovery of Voyager, the the the, what would you call it? The the aftermath of arriving back at the Delta Quadrant with Captain Seven, obviously. So we will get that fleshed mm -hmm. out. These are let's let's not forget these these three shows: Next Generation, Voyager, and Deep Space Nine. They encapsulated the '90s, but they encapsulated an era of Star Trek which has never died. People still want to yes. explore, and people still want to continue. They have created a rich law, rich stories, rich a world that, like Star Wars, there is endless things to explore, and people want to know what happened to the Breen, what happened to the Wormhole, the Prophets, DS Nine, the Dominion, the Changelings. Yeah. Yes, we're getting it with the pack legs. What happened to the Cardassians? What happened to um, yeah. the... What is the canon state of Cardassia? 
that, that's what I, you know, it's like... People want to know. books go into it and stuff, yeah. but it's the idea of going, like, are they recovered? Have they, t- has their culture totally changed? Yeah. You know? We, we get, I mean, basic canon fleshes it out a lot. Star Trek Online fleshes it out a lot, but they are not canon. People who don't play these games, people who don't read the books or anything like that, they want to know how life is in this area. This is, for, for a lot of people, like me, like Kirsty, like you, Sinos, we grew up with these people. They are an extension of family for a lot of people. You know, people care about them. That's why I think Picard got such glowing reviews for its send-off because it was like, no one had to die. No one had to... They, they just literally got together and played poker and rode off into the sunset because sometimes everyone deserves a happy ending. And yeah. you're like, right, okay, that's fine. But people want to stay in that. I mean, yes, we've got the 22nd century, 32nd century, whatever. People want to stay in the world that they knew, that they loved, that they still want to explore as they did in the 90s and the early 2000s. Yes. And I very much look forward to the announcement, maybe next year, maybe the year after, of Star Trek Legacy, where all of our all of our questions can be answered about what happened to DS9, what happened to the backlight, what happened to the Breen, what is going on, where is Ben yeah. Sisko, where is Kieran and Reese? Now is the time to do it. We have had the resurgence in popularity of not just Star Trek overall, but in the TNG era, in Deep Space Nine, in Voyager, in The Next Generation, because these shows are freely available on Netflix and Paramount Plus in some countries together. People are understanding these. Like, Deep Space Nine, like you you know, like you know, Sinoise, people are revisiting it and going, this wasn't a cheesy sci-fi show from the 90s. This was actually hard-hitting, very advanced in some elements for its time. This yeah. deserves a second glance. This deserves more exploration than the seven years of which we got it. And it's the fact of season three of Picard basically just goes, hey, uh, here's loads of elements of DS9, and then we can see on the internet how well that's been received, which basically just says, continue this, you fucks. You know, like, it's basically anyone who brings out anything new with Star Trek is going to go, oh, we should be doing DS9 stuff because there's a massive demand for it, you know? Yeah. I remember speaking to Ira, so at one of the Destination Star Trek conventions, I actually went and had a conversation with Ira. Mm-hmm. Um, I assume Bear, if anybody hasn't, you know, hasn't had a look at what he's actually done, he's actually involved in so many, you know, te- really, really, really high-class television projects. But he was very passionate about Deep Space Nine. When I said to him, obviously, I said, when I was younger, when this, when this first showed on TV, I said, I was quite young. I said, and this got to a point where it was very dark. And he said, honestly, he says, I love this show with all my being. He says, but it was very ahead of its time. He said, it was very dark. It was very political. He says, and I said, to be honest with you now, it's it's so relevant now. When you watch Deep Space Nine now, it's so relevant. It's so heavy. It's so well thought out. And he said, yeah, it was just ahead of its time. Yeah. He says, we were so far ahead, we didn't realise it at the time. And yeah. that was really important. And I think coming forward now, when you watch Deep Space Nine, it is so relevant in so many different ways. It, you have to be that... Next generation is like it's like family. It's so fun. It's you know you can yeah. watch it sense of humour. But that going forward to Deep Space Nine and its darkness is is when you watch it that second time when you're that bit older when you've had a bit of the the grounding as well. 
so so important such a such a brilliant track that is it really it really is guys in the chat um put leave poor graham alone they're saying i look tired and i'm like i don't look tired on this but on the actual screen the jpeg the compression makes my eyes look a lot more oh, you look tired stunning, than they darling. actually are. <laughs> you know, it's like, I, do I look tired? Guys? You look stunning, you darling. Oh, you look fine. HD. You look fine. You look yeah, like you. Like, I think it just is the thing, but uh, I'm, I am a little bit tired, to be fair, and I will be streaming after this episode. So uh, I'll be streaming on Twitch. So it's the idea of going back will last a while. But but I love this bit. I love where um we find out his name's uh, Baresh, isn't it? Yeah. No, yeah. Barash. I love the idea, though. We talk about like him going off and having a happy life. But I just expected it to to do the Simpsons Poochie thing, where they teleport out, and then it just goes. Fresh <laughs> died on the way back to his home planet. Yeah, you know, because we never see him again. Uh, do you not think Riker looks a little bit like he's seen his mum before, though? Like, oh, oh dear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, actually, you might be my son. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I. I also this episode. This is a bit dark, but this marks the first time that Riker loses a son in Trek. It's becoming a little bit of a meme, I think. Yes. Where it's this idea of the whole. Triker, uh, Triker? Well, that's... Oh, the couple name, Troy- Triker. <laughs> Triker, yeah, Triker. But, well, this isn't from Triker, but yeah. But basically, um, this is Minuet and Riker, so... Micah. Oh, no, don't call him Micah. No, 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 no. No. Anyway, uh, you know, and it's that weird thing of, like, I love that it's a permanent thing for Riker's character progression that he is a father and he doesn't see himself as a father, but it's the fact of that's where his life is. That's his destiny. Yeah. 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 And I, and I like that, that this is probably the first time we see him being a a father, isn't it? Lee McClellan, uh, Lee McClelland in the chat. Hi Lee. Uh, Nice of you to to join us. Deep Space Nine is one of the best Star Trek series uh, I've ever seen. Of he's, course, he's right though. He's it's, right. It's Not my well. favorite, and I, I have, I have only mentioned it a couple of times. I love only. Though, uh, this, this morning, this well today, uh, this morning I got a text off, well a WhatsApp message from someone who I haven't spoken to for four months. No message whatsoever. Just a link to a YouTube video of the in the pale moonlight scene where Garrick's talking about, ah, but you came to me because you knew I could do it. Kind of. And in that scene, I was like, hi. <laughs> you know, <and> it's, <laughs> that's how we communicate, by random DS9 references. Yeah. It's... And it was just so weird, lying in bed watching that scene where he's just like, you know, and all it cost was one Romulan senator, one criminal, and one Starfleet officer. You know, <laughs> like, uh, what is it? Like, pride or something yeah it's so good but overall guys what did you think to futures imperfect ah. chef's kiss good. absolutely chef's amazing kiss. episode loved it yeah yes. really really got everything like Riker isn't my favorite tng character but that mm. he, i still love him but he's not my favorite out of them but it's this idea of like it's a perfect episode we get everyone Everyone has something to do in it. Yeah. We get to see all these nice little quirky things where we get to see Data be a bit different. We get to see Geordie be a bit different. We get to see a bearded Picard, which is fucked up. Uh, and <laughs> I liked it. Ambassador Tomalog. I take the piss out of like the actor Andreas, but it's the idea of he's an amazing villain. He is. You know? <laughs> yes. He really is. Right, guys. I think. Bear with me. Oh, oh, no. Bear oh, with me. Oh, I think, guys, I'm getting an incoming transmission. Incoming transmission. 
Oh my god, guys. It is the double wheel of episodes. It has infiltrated our systems all my days. Oh my god. Look at this, though. All three of us on the same camera because I was able to fix it properly, you know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it never hey, went wrong. On today and we're doing really good, aren't we? It never <laughs> went wrong. What are you all on about? Um, yes, guys, we have got the double wheel of episodes. If you are new to the uh, Star Trek and the Nerdy Up North series, where the hell have you been? You've missed all the debauchery. The double wheel of episodes is a lovely little program that Science Officer Sinoids have programmed, wherein it has over 440 Star Trek episodes. It might be more. It's all it's all of all of original series, all of TNG, all of DS9, all of uh, Voyager, all of Enterprise, and the movies. And it might have animated series in. Oh, I said that it didn't. Oh, I said that it didn't. But then I'm thinking about it. But it might do. If not, it, they are going to go in there at some point. Oh. Well, the double wheel is obviously random chance, guys, and whatever it lands on, we have to review it in the next week uh, or the week after if we are able to get some some big guests. That's Ode all I'm honor. going to say. Oh, I'm so nervous. Right. <laughs> are we all ready? Are we all Code ready? Code of honor or candle slag? One of those. One of those. Oh, none. Right. Are we ready, guys? We. Yeah, something from Deep Space Nine I'd like, yeah. because I've got Deep Space Nine on the, the shelf of mild destitution, mm -hmm. so I would like to keep it there for the next week. So, I am going to spin now! And we are spinning, 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 and we are going to land... Double! Holy shit. <laughs> what? what? Next me. week, guys, we will be reviewing Star Trek Voyager's two-parter Dark Frontier. Oof. I don't like the way that Kirstie went, oof. <laughs> Let's get the brief synopsis up, shall we, of Dark Frontier. Is Well, well how are you feeling, uh, Kirky? Mm. Are you not a fan? I love all Voyager. I just think some of the Voyager goes in, in a darker place. I mean, obviously, some of like the Year of Hell and stuff like that is just yeah. absolutely out of this world. Um, but, yeah. Isn't it mad to, to think that Year of Hell was going to be a whole series season and then yes. they just went, oh, let's just make it like two episodes. Yeah. But they did some amazing like double partners, which mm. is, you know, just that was one of the things about Voyager, some of the double partners. But we'll see. Let's let's see. Let's not spoil it. Let's. Uh... Yeah, yeah. Aboard the Delta Flyer, Janeway leads two Vok Paris and the Doctor on a rescue mission to retrieve Seven from the Borg Cream, whose treatment of Seven is markedly atypical. What the hell is that kind of synopsis? Mm. I think I remember this one. I, th I think I yes. remember this. But this is great though, because obviously, like, this is a Voyager episode where we're getting Seven, we're getting the Doctor, we're getting the Borg Queen, and and while we but make which... fun of the Borg being all the way throughout like uh voyager ah, and the ball being a massive part of voyager here, here we, we go see the queen twice pretty here, much here's, here's a better synopsis there when captain janeway devises a plan to steal a transwarp coil from a damaged borg sphere the mysterious borg queen learns of the plan and uses this knowledge in an attempt to return seven of nine to the borg by issuing her an ultimatum rejoin the collective or watch voyager <laughs> <laughs> 
be assimilated. Ooh. Yes. Mid-season uh, two-parter, this one. It was a mid-season finale of season five. So we're in we're in the middle of Star Trek Voyager's heyday, I would say. Yeah. Um, this is a two-parter. So as it is oh. a two-parter, we will be reviewing both episodes. So Is this... Hold on. Is this episode... Is this... What oh what's the what's the little girl's name? Oh, that is Naomi name? Wildman. Yeah, is this pre Naomi Wildman? No, Naomi Wildman oh, is in this fuck. one. What's wrong with right. Naomi? We've got a table flip. Fuck Naomi <laughs> Wildman. <laughs> it's a child. Sinois. Okay, no, I, I didn't mean to go full Philip Scorpion. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. Oh, we did so well. We did so well. But oh, <laughs> two weeks oh, in a row. We're demonetized. Hey. <laughs> I'm curious which Borg Queen this one is because I know Voyager chopped and changed Borg Queen quite a lot. Yeah. This, uh, I believe, this was the standing Borg Queen, yes. not Alice. Yes. Not I'm Alice sure Krieg. they only got Krieg for Krieger for, no. for the like, finale. The final, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Alice Krieg was in the finale. This was the standing. This was the Beta Queen. <laughs> the Beta Queen. The Beta Queen. She was not Susanna Thompson, something like that. I can't remember her name now. Yeah. Beth, yes. uh, a, a little thing in the chat. Obviously, they've been doing a wager of what uh, show and what season it would land on. And Beth was the closest because she guessed season uh, five, I believe. Yeah. Oh, no. But she, she said season six, episode eight. So she was the closest. So well done, Beth. Well done. You win yeah. a prize. The prize is nothing. Cereal. <laughs> it's, yes. You get... the, pr- the prize right, is Rice Krispies. Treat yourself. Get a second bowl. Get a yes. Get a second <laughs> bowl of Rice Krispies. But no, uh, some big news came out this week uh, from the Star Trek world. We saw an official trailer for season two of Star Trek: Strange New Worlds, and oh my god, a little bit of we came out for me because not only did we get to see the lovely, the delectable, the absolutely wonderful Anson Mount again and his glorious quiff. Um, oh, and me daddy. I, just, I love Anson Mount so much. Not in the way that Sinois likes Anson Mount so much. Although... I, the, the clue is in the name. Although... The, the clue is in the name. Pipe, pipe me with some Tranya and maybe. <laughs> but uh, I love Strange New World so much. It was such a breath of fresh air when it came out last year. We get to see more of uh, Captain Kirk in this trailer. And mm-hmm. we get to see live action Tawny Newsom. And oh my god, I forgot his name from the boys. Jack Quaid. Jack Quaid as Boimler and Beckett Mariner from Lower Decks, and I'm like, oh! <laughs> and I love the bit, the awkward scene at the beat is like, live long and prosper, and some Boiler, and Boiler's just exactly what every fanboy would be at every convention. Where it's just like, and, and, uh, oh, oh. Yeah, that is that is always us. Whenever. <laughs> I mean, look at when Mark came into the chat a few weeks ago and I'm just like... <laughs> That's, yeah. So it, it was a, it was nice to feel seen in an actual yeah. Star Trek episode. So I can't wait for Strange New Worlds to, to come out. But guys... How long have we got? Because obviously we're going to be uh, doing that. We're going to be covering every episode, aren't we? The same as we did with Picard Season 3. The... So is this idea of like how many more... 
actual Dabo Wheel episodes do we have until we do that? I'm hoping we get a film. It's unlikely because there's only like eight of them. We but, have, you know, we have. So it was, th- it was four weeks last year. So it's three weeks we've got until June the fifteenth, until cool. we hop on to Strange New Worlds season two reviews, and that's ten episodes. Yeah, so we've got two more Dabo Wheel episodes after two more, Dark Frontier. Yeah, two more Dabo Wheels. Dark Frontier will review part one and part two because we don't like to leave you all on a cliffhanger here at yeah. Star Trek, and so we will do both. And yes, there is Naomi Wildman, and I will make sure that Naomi Wildman is in the the scrolling banner. Oh no! Don't um, put her in the bloody. Why? Uh, why don't, don't you like Naomi the... Wildman? Tell me. He just annoys me. You know that the epitome of a show where they just go like, you know, it's like if you mentioned Dawn to a Buffy fan. Most most of the Didn't fans will be like, oh, fucking Dawn when she comes in, and Didn't it just feels like that where someone in the studio went, you know what Voyager needs? It needs a child just randomly. It needs loads of kids. So here's some Borg kids that we don't really do anything with. But we've had like, children on Trek all the way through. <laughs> We've had Crusher, we've had Jake, Nog, Nog. Kekos, Kekos Spawn, which we don't want to... Molly! No, Spawn. Spawn. Molly the Destroyer. Human Keiko hybrid, as we will call it. (laughs) And then we had Naomi Wildman. something especially obnoxious about, like, uh, Naomi Wildman. I don't know what it is. Think of it this way. It's not a Naomi Neelix episode. Okay, no, that is a, that is a very good point. That is that is. I yeah, no, it, yeah, you're right. It could be worse. It could be worse. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm looking forward to meeting uh, Neelix at a destination trek. Ethan, Ethan, Ethan Phillips. Ethan, is Ethan Phillips is fab. He's so yeah, good. absolutely he's, lovely. He's, I've he's got a really a, nice guy. I've got a signed autograph uh, from him. He's he's absolutely he's he's wonderful. Uh, yeah. Such such a most to be honest, most of them are. I don't think I've I don't think I've met uh, a, a maybe Bill Shatner, but that's it. Oh, you say Bill Shatner was all right with me, but, yeah. but this is twenty twelve when nothing was organised and he was just like I want to go home. <laughs> so yeah, I could, I could sort of get that Bill. You're in London. Um, Lee McClellan says it's very uh, it's very sad. Also a very good episode. <laughs> when it rains, it pours. Who mourns? Who mourns for mourn? <laughs> Who oh! mourns for mourn? Right. Oh, right. Yeah. Who mourns from one? Yeah. Um, Nerdy Up North says, uh, I want to review a movie. You will be on, Paul, when a movie yeah. gets shot out. However, the Dabble Wheel is a cruel mistress sometimes. And me and Sinoids have to do a two parter next week. So hitch up Good your tits. And I'll buckle take that in. challenge. Yeah. Hitch up your tits and buckle <laughs> in, guys, because me and Sinoids are doing a two parter. Oh, my. Oh, yeah. Guys, oh, guys, man. this has been Star Trekking with Nerdy Up North, part of Trekking Up North, part of House Morg, <laughs> son of Phil. I don't know. We, we will have more logos and more labels going forward. I would like to thank our very wonderful guest, Kirsty, General Kirkby, for joining us this week. It has been an absolute pleasure as always. I would like to thank the wonderful science officer, Sinoise, for velour cladding the episode. As I, uh, thanks for watching, love. You know, go on, I'll see you in Aldi. Yeah, what have you got? Proper deals in. Because you are the hardest working uh, person at Nerdy Up North, what have you got to promote and what are you doing this week? I'm going to be, after this, after this, so probably about half nine, I'm going to be streaming on Twitch. So you oh can my watch God. me on my Twitch. 
Twitch forward slash Sunoise. So it's uh, S Y N O I S. Down there. I said, I don't, I don't know. It's maybe in the description, Sunoise. Maybe, maybe they lost the fingers and they can't do the click click. Scroll. So, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> do that on your screen. <laughs> don't do that. Put your hand do on that. Your and say, Just do Alexa, that. do the thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> play the Sunoise thing. Caress um, anyway, the screen. I'll be doing that. And um, I think I'm on Monsters Up North next week. Am I? Again. No. The week after, yeah, it's a weird thing. We, we did the whole schedule, and I thought they were really spaced out. And then no, uh, so you got the good contract, and it'll be next Monday after. Yes, you got so the not good this con- Monday coming, the Monday after. You you got um, the the yeah. non-sacrificial contract. So I'm I'm very jealous that you. <laughs> I love it. I, I I love it where I just can kind of pop onto all the shows and just be like, hello, I'm here. Hello, hello. If you are in the Newcastle area at the weekend and more specifically Sunday at the Utilitar Arena, feel free to pop along at Comic-Con Northeast where me and the delectable cut leader Paul will be at Comic-Con Northeast. We are walking around, doing a load of videos, hopefully trying to back some interviews with some wonderful people and just generally giving out stickers and whatever free shit that we've got in our backpacks uh, to say hi, come and join us. If you do see us, please come and say hello. Come and get a photo with us. We'll give you a massive shout out in the Nerdy Up North Facebook community. Speaking of segue, did you like that? Oh my God, he's done a segue. He's segued all over the floor. If, (laughs) If you are not a member of the Nerdy Up North community, what are you doing with your life? If you've got the Facey B, there is a link below to the Nerdy Up North community where we have hit 8,100 members. 14,000 uh, yeah. people like the page, which is in shit insane because it's just memes. Just nothing but <laughs> memes. Feel free to... Feel free? I don't... You have absolutely destroyed me. So I know it's this episode. <laughs> if you are not... A subscriber to the Nerdy Up North YouTube channel, please give us a subscribe. Please give us a like on this video. Every tiny bit helps. If you're watching this back and it's not live, please leave a comment on what you liked about the episode, what you liked about Future Imperfect. Share this with your friends. We also have a Twitter page which hit over 600 followers today. So thank you very much to the new chatters and everyone who's joined because of Twitter. We love you. Thank you to Mark Sherwood who gave us a shout out on Twitter. Mm Like us on the Discord. There will be a link uh, posted below and there will also be a link going up on the Facebook page again just to reiterate because we do have a very awesome Discord community. We also have a Twitch channel which me and Jake uh, Jake runs. I sometimes just appear and go, hi, I'm playing games. <laughs> Other than that, you can catch the Velvet Snatch in all of his links below. And you can catch me on Twitter at None. Guys, this has been Star Trekking with Nerdy Up North. Thank you to everyone who has stayed with us in the chat. We love each and every one of you. Lee, before I leave, stop saying that people are going to lick me at SunnyCon. No, they're not. (laughs) They are not going to. But if you want to. No. No, no. Okay, I'll go. I'll go, and they can lick me. Because yes, please. Knows I need the <laughs> please lick Sinos. Yes. Speaking of Sunicon, Sunicon is happening at the end of June. Please, if you're in the Newcastle area, it is an absolutely fantastic event. Uh, we love the organisers. We will be there as panelists. So please come along, say hello. We don't bite much. Much. 
But guys, we are going to love you and leave you. We will see you next week. I would like to say to you all, live long and prosper. Keep safe. Be well. Bye-bye. Kapla. Kapla. Miles? Kapla. Miles? <laughs>